What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. It's another edition of the Off the Rails podcast, episode number 24, coming at you. I'm your host, Anthony Verasso, joined as always by my boy over there in Boston, Mikey McCarthy. Mikey, what's up, bud? Hi. Just a little aggravated yeah. still about, about a, uh, you know, an incident that I've touched on a few episodes back, but, you know, it, it, it reoccurred and I'm kind, of, I'm kind of upset about it again. All right. Well, before we dive into that, let me just tell you one thing, Mike, real quick. All right. This episode of Off the Rails Podcast, episode number 24, is brought to you by Dan Letelier of Team Letelier over at Remax Realty. And Dan is your man when it comes to your buying or home selling needs. So check him out, especially on Facebook. He serves all of York and Cumberland County in the great state of Maine. And you can reach him at danletelier at remax.net or by phone at 207 590-1776. Once again, that is 207-590-1776. Check out my boy Dan in the Portland, Maine area. Oh, yeah. What's up, buddy? What's what's your little thing that you're already pissed off about today? No, but like, you know how I always say that, like, you know, I get aggravated when people park in front of my house and there's, and there's, there's, um, there's room in front of the house where they're going to, but they just choose not to park there for whatever reason. But this time, I'm willing to, you know, I'm convinced someone's, like, really messing with me because there's been a car parked in my spot in front of my house for, like, a week. I, okay. I'm led to believe someone's absolutely messing with me. Hey, maybe they're listeners. Maybe they're just trying to, you know, give you a little jab in the ribs there. Thanks for the listen. That's right. I should post, I should get like a sticky note and post that on the window. Thanks for the listen. Get You got to get one of those bright ass orange ones that like, you ever see on the side of the road when a car is just like parked there and no, it's like abandoned. And like, I think it's like the cops or highway patrol will slap one of those orange stickers on it as like a fine. I think it is. Those things are so impossibly hard to take off of your car. Even if you have like the heat gun and everything. So you should just slap one. Right on his window, being like, thanks for the I'm listen, at, bud. I'm at, I'm at the point where I just want to get a boot put on the guy's tire. <laughs> every time I see that, every time I see some car that's, like, parked on the side of the road at, like, at like a, a parking meter that hasn't moved in days, there's a boot on it. I think that's whole Because, like, I can just imagine, like, a person trying to drive away, and it would just be so funny. Yeah, especially if they get, like, that three-quarters of the tire that spins, and then they just hit, like, the koosh. Like the car just slamming. metal hitting yeah. the concrete. <laughs> There's gotta be or, videos of that out there. I've cars with boots on them trying to drive off. I'm sure we'll 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 look them up for sure. Or you should just do it like in uh, Beverly Hills Cop and stick a bunch of bananas in the tailpipe. So when the guy goes to <laughs> if his car even starts, it'll just be it'll back up and you know. But let's not. I'm not going to condone that because you know it's going to get traced back to us, and I don't really feel like paying any amount of money for someone being an asshole. I, I can take the fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, buddy, what's going on, man? Anything new? What's new with you? Nothing really new going on, just other than me bitching like I'm a 70 year old guy. Not really. Not nothing really new. The old get off my lawn type of thing. Get off my lawn. So. There you go. It's a you know a nice nice little we're recording Sunday today, so Sunday. I guess we can announce it now. We're gonna have a little bit of a schedule change, Mikey. Uh, we used to record Monday mornings. Yeah. Post the episodes Monday mid afternoonish, a little yep. bit before. So I guess I can announce I've accepted a position with a media company here in the great state of North Dakota. Really? Oh yeah, I have. I don't know if you knew that. No. Um. It's awesome. I get to host a couple couple music shows, uh, mostly doing sports and things like that, play-by-play for the sports around here. I'm very excited, thankful for the opportunity, however, or I should say. But due to that, we'll mostly be recording Sundays, you know, maybe Mondays. It all kind of – it's going to take a little bit of a off-the-rails turn right there, Mikey, you know? And <laughs> you see what I just did, you know? But so – my boy Bear with us we're going to be getting these episodes out um piss, man what's that said i got a piss man nice so we love doing the podcast we love yelling at each other and i like hearing about what makes mikey get even more mad since we're not roommates anymore like the back in the old curry college days <laughs> nice but nonetheless that was the big announcement and uh i'm very excited mikey i love north dakota i've been here a couple congratulations 
Thank you, sir. And it's definitely a different way of life out here, but I absolutely love it. Yeah, there's what um, one there's what a house every six miles <laughs> on the interstate. It kind of looks like that, but uh, See, no, I'm, I sort of like associate North Dakota with like with like Idaho sort of sometimes. Where it's like, have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? Yep. Like like in the uh, in the movie, the driving through like the highway, there's like there's like a there's like a, a house every six miles. It's like on yeah. On the interstate, it kind of looks like that. It's a lot of farmland, but I like the, that though. I like just looking out, and you can just see for miles in the distance. Dude, I thought it was like they were wild cows, but they're owned. I guess there's massive farms. Like there's these like large beds of water all along the uh, the interstate every couple of miles, and you'll just see a bunch of cows just like chilling in there, swimming, drinking the water and stuff. Like totally crazy. Great. And the town I live in, people are really cool and. Yeah, we went to these like races last night. I don't oh, even know what bullshit hanging around. What's that? There's a lot of bullshit hanging around, like literally. Yeah, right. Uh, they have the largest buffalo statue in the town I live in, which is, I was just like, okay, whatever. So then we went and saw it. It was actually huge. And I was like, all right, this thing's kind of sick. Like, then, like, you can actually see like live wild bison behind it. So, have you ever eaten? Have you ever eaten like bison? I have not, but that's definitely on my bucket list. Cause I ate I ate a bison burger when I was in Wyoming, and man, that shit was that shit was delicious. So I didn't know. You gotta call it bison out here. Like people get really offended if you just call it bison. Oh, and they call Pfizer Pfizer. I I don't know. I'm just like I'm trying to stay, you know, right in the I, lane, man. I, I don't want to aggravate the locals. Should, I think you should experiment with that, like how they call bison bison. You should call Pfizer Pfizer. See what they say. All right, I'll, I'll I mean, let I got, you know. Oh, yeah, I got the Pfizer vaccine. The what? <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, no, so I, I love it out here and can't wait to see what, what next, what brings out next. Well, like I was saying, we, we went to these races last night and they raced on, like, a dirt track, dude. And, like, the crashes that would happen were, like, not funny. <laughs> Obviously, nobody got too bad, but. Like they went around one turn. It's okay, you can say it. They were funny. Okay, they went around one turn, <laughs> and this guy, like you saw his back tires lifting up, and one car hit him, <laughs> and this other car just like trucked them both over the curve off the dirt road. And I was just like, oh shit! Like, did you hear any screeching tires? No, it's on dirt. Uh yeah, but I, I figured there'd still be a little bit of that. <laughs> to it. it yeah well one of them they're weird shaped cars and they literally go straight and as soon as the turn hits they just drift like when you come out here like we'll, we'll go to them they're pretty cool but anyway that was the yeah. big news we announced and i'll have to if you check, don't like the big what i'll have to check another state off the box pretty soon yeah actually wait what the hell were you ever doing in wyoming don't worry about it i was with andy too so he can back me up on that oh god all right anyway i was also in south dakota not north dakota but south did you see Mount Rushmore? That's where I went. All right. Mount Rushmore is a place I want to go to. And I, I got to make you, it happen. I got to. Oh, uh, there's also one of the. Um, one of the famous like old battles that happened up there. I forget what it was with like the Native American tribe. I, I forget what it's called. But um, anyways, I was going to say, you got to get some of the locals up there to say George, because I was at Mount Rushmore. There's like. When you're driving to it, it's sort of like a, a windy road at times. And, um, like, we pulled over because some of us had a piss. And me, surprisingly, yeah. Shocker, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, like a, there's, like, a side view of some of the statue or, or some of the mountain. And, and, and you can see, like, part of Washington's face. And the locals up there, they kept saying, hey, do you guys see Jarge up there? You guys see Jarge? I was like, who the hell is Jarge? I get. I guess. I, I, I guess they say George, but they say Jarge instead. Thought that was pretty funny. Once again, every, I mean, I'm. I'll say it. Everybody shits on the Boston accent, but it is not even close to being the worst one out there. I'll leave it at that. Dude, no way. I'm telling you, I love the accent out here. It's so funny. Like when they talk, like they always end everything with you know, and it's like it's not just like how we say it, it's like you know, it's like. Like uh, they'll be like, oh, we went to the last night, you know. Like it's it's almost borderline Canadian, and it's I I don't know. Like when I first got here and I was talking to my neighbors, my next door neighbors, like it was like a ten minute conversation, and I was just like, I don't hear what you're saying, I just hear your accent, and I love it. 
But I will say this. In my work, they do like my accent a little bit. So I'll let you uh, I'll let you have that plus one. It travels well. That's all I can say. Anyway, actually last night at the races, because I like to say water as like a Philly thing just oh, to like freak God. people out. And so I did say it, and the woman kind of like hesitated for a second, but I was like, yeah, whatever. But anyway, Mikey, let's dive into this jam-packed podcast that we have here. And guess what? Not only do I get to celebrate the Montreal Canadiens, because I'm driving that bandwagon, I don't know if you've heard, I get to celebrate them being in the semifinals. I got to celebrate the Bruins getting bounced the other night by the New York Islanders in six games. They win that game. What was it, Mikey? Six to three, six to two, or something six. like that. I meant to write the score down. I don't know. The Bruins yeah, lost. Two. Doesn't matter. The Islanders move on. What are your first thoughts? My first thoughts was, you know, I, I was I was honestly surprised when I woke up that day and the day went on and it was, oh well, Tuka's playing. Tuka's playing. I was shocked that that was the case, but hey, I guess I guess Rask has a has a big time pull in that locker room. I do not think it was the right decision, but in the same breath, I'll say this. If Rask hadn't gone out there and played Game Six, I was waiting to hammer. I was waiting to hammer the guy and just go absolutely apeshit on him if he didn't come out there and suck it up and play. But he did. He went out there. He sucked it up. He played. He couldn't steal you a game this year. Oh well. He sucked. He sucked. That Brock Nelson goal where he stole the puck from I think it was uh, Grizzly and yep. went in Grizzlick on a break. Stuck play. too. I mean, it, it Grizzly's so overrated, but whatever. But um, that breakaway shot, it literally hits Rask kind of in the midsection off of his glove and goes in. Uh, now, granted, let me just start off by saying this. Rask has a labrum tear in his hip, and he's going to require surgery out till mid-January is the stuff I have seen. So let's get that off the table right now. Okay, who isn't injured in the playoffs? That's okay. kind of my whole point. Hold on. Hold on. Because I've been the Tuca supporter on this podcast up until last show. So when I heard that news, I thought, you know, he – he tried to battle through it, right? He's going to take one for the team type of thing. I have a little conspiracy theory coming up after that in, in a little while. But then, you know, your stupid, obnoxious Boston Roslindale voice popped in my head. It's always something with this guy. It really is. And it's like, okay, it took me over 10 years to realize it's always something with Tuka Rask. Always will be. Now, look. Is it an injury? When you're a goalie, it's all hips, right? So you got to kind of give them some slack, I guess. But, like, dude, if the puck's going to hit you like that on a breakaway shot, you should probably save it. I mean, Jesus, like, it's right there. There was a couple goals down low. I thought he could have had. Now, there was one play where he was playing the puck, too, and he effed that up. I just hate when goalies, goalies play pucks. I don't know why they do that all the time. But there's just always something with Tuca. Now, my thing on the whole Bruins as a team, I thought they did to themselves what Washington did in the first round, where I thought the Bruins were trying to be so overly physical and impose their like big body stature. Pose their wore, will, baby. Yeah, it, it wore them down as the season uh, as the series went on, just like the Capitals did, and I think the Bruins did that. Now, I I have a list of the Bruins injuries right here. Do you want me to say them right now, or you want me to wait a little bit? You can go ahead. Okay, so we mentioned the Rast thing. Kevin Miller, who had missed, I think, seven games with a concussion from the Washington series. That's why he was out. Carlo also with a concussion. The thing I don't like about Carlo is he's get he he's had a couple was, of concussions now, and they're starting to pile up with him. So that's something to watch out for. I thought I thought he sucked in this in this round. But we can get- uh, and Curtis Lazar had somewhat of a lower body injury. I'm not exactly too sure. Try to research injuries, dude. It's freaking impossible. But whatever. No. So here here's my thoughts. I'm with you. Tuka should not have started game six, okay? And I'll go into that more later on. You're that bad. Well, your injury is that bad. I thought Cassidy should have grew a set of pe- grew a set of balls, bend the coach, and be like, no, like you can't move around lower your lower body the way you, a goalie should. I'm going to take Swayman right now because the thing on Sway is he hasn't played a lot where teams don't have the most tape on him. And so – you know, we saw in Florida with Spencer Knight, he stole the game against Tampa, looked good in the eliminating game. Obviously, Florida lost, but all you need in the playoffs in a situation like that is Swayman. Win us just one game. Because then you get to game seven, and who knows what can happen, right? Now the pressure's back on the Islanders. You're in Boston. It should have been Swayman, and we said that last episode. 
I thought once Barzal woke Barzell, Barzal, whatever the frig you say his name is, once he woke up after game three, I thought he took over the series. After and he called I, him out? I was yeah, I was critical of him. I'm I'm sitting here watching this even in the first round. This guy's supposed to be one of the better players in this league. He's supposed to be so good. And all I could think of when I watched him was Sergey Samsonov. He'll stick handle and dribble through the neutral zone a hundred times. Blue line broken up. That's all I saw out of him. I don't know what it was. Somebody got to him. He took over. Another player I want to give a shout out to for the Islanders. Actually, there's two, but I'm going to go with one right now. Anthony Beauvillier. I thought he played a hell of a series. He's not going to get the recognition he deserves. There were two goals in game. Was it game? Boston, he had the puck below the goal line in the corner, swiveling, making moves, finally dishes it to the point. Islanders kept scoring like that way. I thought Beauvillier played a great job in the series, and I thought Casey Sezikis, defensively, he shined bright for me. Also, had, yeah, he also had that big goal in overtime where he snuck it past Rask Blocker's side. That was a huge yeah. goal for Sezikis in that team. Absolutely. Gave gave the Islanders a little bit of, uh, yeah, thanks what is it fun. called there? Confidence. Okay. Yeah, exactly. No, but you know, back to Rask. Like, it just it it kind of pisses me off though. How there's like this this thing in the locker room that that we're being told where it's like guys rally behind Tuca, guys want to play in front of Tuca, but it's like, but it's like, dude, how? Oh, it 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 really bothers me because because it it's really gonna bug me too if he goes into this offseason and he can't play until what is it January February. If if there's guys in this Bruins team who are like. Well, you got to bring him back when he's healthy. When he's healthy, he's got to play. Blah 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 blah. I think we've seen enough. I think the Tuka Rask experiment is over in Boston, and it should be. It's time to move on. You ha- you have a you have a young guy who looks promising in uh in Swayman, and you know, well if you if you're gonna go out there and say, well then who's gonna be the other goalie? Because you can't just stick uh, Swayman and Vladar back there. So I'm I'm gonna say, well, why not bring back Halak if you if if you want, if you want Swayman to start next year, and you want to have someone behind him who's who's capable of picking up the slack at certain times, I, I say F it. I'll bring Halak back on a one year, two and a half million dollar deal. Well, I think you know what you have with Halak. I would definitely. It's got to be Swayman. Tuka's thirty four. He's gonna be thirty five. He says he doesn't want to play anywhere else but Boston. I don't know. Is the shadow too big from Tuka that would? overcast on Swayman if they brought him back, even if he's the backup. I don't know. And would Tuka take being a better role? I don't know. I could see them maybe signing another veteran off the market who's good working with young goalies. I don't know. I don't know. Because if you just think about it off the top of my head, right? And whatever. Give me shit. I don't care. In Philly, you got Carter Hart. Oh, God. 22 years old. Brian Elliott, 37, 38. Been mentoring him the last couple of years. But you want that older veteran guy that wants the younger kid to take over the net, right? He's trying to he's trying to prepare him. You know, Carolina has James Reimer, Peter Morozik. They're going to be free agents. If I'm the Bruins, I don't want either one of those guys to be the backup to Swayman, right? Like, so, I, and again, those are just a couple of names off the top of my head that I know that are free agents. Uh, is Frederick Anderson one coming out of Toronto? I don't know. But all I know is I'd rather not bring Halak back if I'm the Bruins. You know what you got in him? And I thought when you needed him to steal you some games towards the end of the regular season, he kind of played like shit. He, he didn't – I mean, all the power to you on that comment. Toward the end of the season, he did not look great. But at the same time, it's – I don't know what the other options are. It's, well, are you going to go out and trade for one? No, you already have a goal. Why go to – why go out and make a trade for something? Give give up a possible asset when you already have your next starter. I mean, I think I I think having a backup goalie who's able to steal you some games here and there is definitely of value. But I mean, are you gonna find anything that's that much better than uh Yaroslav Halak? Because I don't I really don't think so. I think I just think he's the perfect fit because he knows knows the system, he knows his role, he's not gonna bitch, and he I I think it, it's the perfect situation for him. Well, how about this? because I just popped it up on my laptop here. Free agent goalies this offseason. This guy's 38. He's had a long track record in the league. Is this Leonard? No. How about a guy from Nashville, Pekka Rene? Ah. You know, you know, he's only – he's 38, like I just said. Six foot five goalie, but maybe he's kind of adapted to that role where he can mentor a young guy. You look at now, they have um, – Wait, Lucy what's his Saros. nationality? He's Finnish. 
You get Tuca. You get Pekka. Same difference. Get Nope, nope. I'll pass. Okay, fine. How about Devin Dubnik from Colorado? I like Dubnik, actually. Oh, I, of course. What? I, I, I do like Dubnik. I mean, obviously, Grubauer is way better than he is, but... You mean Rene? Hard. What? Oh, oh, yeah. All right. I just, I just mind-fucked oh, myself for those, a second. Oh, between those two? Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll still take Pekka. I mean, I'll still, I'd, I'd probably take Pekka over, over Dubnik, but... I mean, I just... Uh, I don't know, man. I just... At this point... I'm done with the finish experiment. Put it that way. I'm if I'm the Bruins, it, it makes a lot of sense to get Rene because here's why, right? I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. Swayman is a college goalie. They don't play that many games. How is he going to be able to withstand a full NHL season? And if he kind of January, February starts to hit that wall, now you got a guy in Pekka Rene who used to be the number one guy in Nashville. He can play a full season. Now he can take more pressure off of Swayman. He can play a little bit more uh, games than a normal backup would. And, uh, you know, this stage of his career, how much money is he really going to want? I just feel like Pecorino can still make his ca- a case of being a starter in the NHL. I agree. He, he absolutely can. But let's face it, this Bruins team, do they have one more run in them? I think so. Oh, God. See, that's nothing that pisses me off. It's like that. It's like that. It's like that girlfriend you had that you think's gonna be the one every year. Oh, this is gonna be it. This is gonna be. This is gonna be. And you, and, and you just get let down every single time. It's the Bruins. The Bruins are like that. The Bruins are always good for a huge letdown for their fan base. And it happened again this year. I think it's time to blow it up. I'm letting Krejci walk. Maybe I bring back Hall. Okay. I'm letting Tuka go too. And it's. It's time to let some of these pieces go, okay? It's, t- it, it, it's, it's okay to try to, you know, reemerge on the fly. I hate how this, like, we're going to bring you back. We're going to bring you back. We're going to bring you back. And I get it. Some of these guys want to be here. And if you can get them at the right deal, I might take them back. I might take Krejci back at the right deal. But I just feel like on the whole, there's like kind of like a, um, a sentimental, like, pull with these guys where it's like, Oh, but he's been here for 10 years. We got to bring him back. He's been here for 12 years. We got to bring him back. No, it's okay to move on. It's okay to replace. We got to get that ball back. Um, So basically what you just said is the Bruins give you blue balls. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Also, I just want to say, first of all, we don't exchange notes, me and you, okay? When we're talking about what we're going to talk about on the show, we send each other topic headlines. Yeah. One headline I didn't I on purpose did not send you. You kind of just hit on, but I'm gonna wait a little bit, and it like pisses me off that you just said that. Okay. After I say this next line, oh, I cannot wait to get into the Taylor Hall Kyle Palmieri debate because Taylor Hall lived up to Taylor Hall. He stuck it up everybody's tailpipes in Boston. You called it. You said a lull was coming with him. But one thing I just do, I do want to say this. The stretch to start the third period in game six. Okay. I know the Bruins, they got a stoppage. The Bruins got a power play goal. But then it was, again, more continued time. It was basically 12 straight minutes of no stoppage time, except for the power play goal by the Bruins. Okay. That was such a huge advantage for the Islanders because they got them. Huh? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. ahead. They got into a rhythm and defensively, they just shut down the Bruins. The Bruins couldn't get it. They got it just past the blue line. Boom, broken up, out to center. Boom, broken broken up, all the way down the other end. Casey Sezikis, again, one of the biggest guys. His stick, always in the right position. Matt Martin, I just thought it was like always a goon. I thought he played great. Uh, so, shout out to those guys. Now, this, I have been shining my knob since the end of game six for this because I immediately went online and I plucked out these stats. Are you ready? Go ahead. Remember the trade deadline? Who the Bruins get? Taylor Hall. They got Taylor Hall. He pretty good regular season, right? To finish off with the Bruins. Let's face it, he dogged it in Buffalo. Dirtbag move that is, but whatever. It's Buffalo. I don't blame so. him. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, if you're a professional, you should try everywhere you go. But whatever. Uh, first round series. Okay, showed a little promise there. That's fine against Washington. The New York Islanders, at, but right before the trade deadline, I think they jumped on Sweeney. I think that's what Lou Lamorello did. I think, you know, if you ask me, I think Sweeney wanted Palmieri, but whatever. He goes and gets Kyle Palmieri. Travis I think he Frazier. wanted him last year, too. Yeah. 
and he wanted Zajac, but let's take Zajac out for a second. So I did some research. In the six-game series, I'm going to give you Taylor Hall's stats, Mikey, okay? Go ahead. One goal, one assist, two points, minus four. Minus four. That minus four is ugly. Okay. It, by the way, you know what? I've said it before, and it's true in hockey. It doesn't matter. It does. They don't ask how it looked. They ask how many, right? Just want to say that one goal by Taylor Hall was an empty netter. This, I just want to be accurate. Kyle Palmieri. You ready for these stats, Mike? Go ahead. I got I got to adjust my computer here because it's uh it's flipping up a little bit with these stats. They get me so hard. Kyle Palmieri, New York Islanders, four goals, two assists, six points, plus three rating. Plus three rating. And how many times did Palmieri score a goal that tied the game, gave them a lead in that series? He's in, in that game. He scored big goals for the Islanders. All Taylor Hall did was an empty net goal. Taylor Hall picked that fight with Mayfield. Got his ass kicked, by the way. Yeah. And I never saw him again. Steve, as as far as Taylor Hall is concerned, now I know he was a minus four and only had that empty net goal. But, you know, I feel like his presence on the ice was sort of known or like seeable because – Every time he was on the ice, I saw him. He was he was easily the fastest skater on his line. I feel like his presence was known. I just feel like he wasn't he wasn't finishing. And you know, if you want to tell me that he sucked defensively, by all means. I, but I think the whole Bruins team sucked defensively. They couldn't they couldn't get the puck out of their end a, a lot in this series. And I don't I don't just blame Taylor Hall for that. But at the same time, I feel like you know, okay, David Krejci had some good games in this series, but. I still feel like Taylor Hall's presence was a lot more noticeable than 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 uh, Krejci or Craig Smith. So I, I totally disagree with you. What I don't Taylor... think Taylor Hall was as bad as people say he was in the series. I thought he was a complete non-factor, especially after that fight. I I thought he was the third best on that line. Krejci had some nice plays. I I thought Krejci was more of a threat, especially setting plays up on the power play. I really thought Craig Smith. I thought he was a you know, we saw it in game three when he came back from missing game two. Had that snipe in the first period. You know, I, I just be careful, the Bruins people that want to re-sign Taylor Hall. I know he's saying the things now where I'm not trying to make the most amount of money, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, here's a guy who dogged it in Buffalo, has almost pretty much said that he has. Now he's coming to Boston, showed up for the end of the regular season and half a playoff series and went missing in the second-round series, and Bruins fans are already throwing their freaking money at him. Like, okay, that's I'm just that's saying, totally fine. I'm just saying, I thought he skated well in this series. I did. That really made a hell of a difference with that okay. dash four on his but, resume. But, but I don't I don't think – I don't. most of the Bruins team didn't show up this whole freaking series. It's not, it's, it's not just – I mean, I get it. Taylor Hall was the prime time, deadline acquisition, all the eyes are on him. But you know what? I mean – I'm not putting the whole the the whole thing on Taylor Hall here. I'm putting a lot of it on Taylor Hall. You okay. were brought in to be the guy. You flat out basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, you just really didn't put your best foot forward in Buffalo. Boston's where I want to be. I love it. It's a perfect fit. Taylor Hall brought a lot of it on himself, and that's what he does against the Islanders. An empty net goal, picks a fight, gets his ass kicked, and then you just don't hear from him again. I don't give a shit that he was skating fast. I want my guys to put the freaking puck in the net. Kyle Palmieri didn't skate that fast, and that guy was putting in goals left and right. How many goals did David Krejci have? I don't know, but I saw he was more of a factor out there than Taylor Hall was. I, I disagree. I thought I, I thought Hall was pretty. I thought Hall was very noticeable in the Islanders series. Yeah, maybe when they isolated him on the bench. <laughs> I, you're, I, you're if you're a Bruins, no, I don't understand saying, how like, you could be happy at all with Taylor Hall. I'm not happy with him. I just don't think he was as bad as people say he he played. Like 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 I get it. He was a minus four, but you know. I'm willing to bet a lot of players on that Bruins team were a minus in this series. But, okay, fine. The minus four throw it away. Only one assist. Only one assist. I mean, come on, Mike. Krejci can score on the power play, and Krejci is a playoff guy. Okay? Craig Smith. I'd like to know how many assists Krejci had five on five. I I don't know. Look it up on your own time. That that doesn't help my uh, argument right now. (laughs) (laughs) There was way more opportunities for Taylor Hall, even just to get a couple of assists in that series. But you know what? Taylor Hall is the same thing in Arizona last year. It's the same reason why in Edmonton 
after they drafted him, they still were getting first overall pick after first overall pick. There's a reason why Taylor Hall's face, okay, is nice and clean, no marks on it. Go look at a guy like Craig Smith. Go look at Patrice Bergeron. Go look at Marchand. Those guys step up in the playoffs. They get in the corners. They do what they got to do. And Taylor Hall just wants to be that guy in men's league that as soon as the defenseman's touching the puck, he's already at the red line trying to get a clear breakaway. <laughs> it's so sickening that Taylor Hall love. Okay? He'll he'll give you a couple, but he's not gonna he's not gonna go in the corners get coming out with that puck every time. I saw him hitting. Yeah, whatever. Did him a world of good, didn't it? <laughs> okay. You need, the fact that I cannot believe the fact that you're fine with the way Taylor Hall played I'm not fine with that series with it. Don't but the fact that you're even giving him any kind of a credit, Mikey. Okay, like he didn't do shit. Okay, I'm 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 telling you, Paul Mary was way better than Taylor Hall was. But I I, I don't think Taylor Hall was nearly as bad as you're saying he was. I thought the bar the I don't take Paul Mary out. The bar for Taylor Hall should have been a lot more higher than one goal, one assist for two points. Okay, why? Well, I, I think some of that has to do with Krejci as well. I don't think Krejci was all that great either. I think that whole line wasn't that great. Look, a little bit of inconsistency from Krejci maybe had, got thrown off the because first line, and then everyone else was pretty much shut down. Okay, Hall doesn't play on the power play. Well, the power play wasn't as that great either. I mean, okay, when right. you're making the amount of money you're making, you're brought in to be the guy. To you're solidifying that second line. When does it fall on Taylor Hall to step up and take over? It doesn't, because that's why he came here in the first place. He didn't have but to the, be the guy. You're the number. No, 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 no. Got to hear from the Bruins people. Taylor Hall's the guy. He's going to be the reason why the Bruins have depth, and they're going to make the long playoff run. It's a former number one overall pick, former MVP in this league with the freaking Devils. You know what, Mikey? Look at his resume of work. He's happy just going through the motions when times get tough. He's not going to step in and be a difference maker. How are you, like, fine with that? The fact that Craig Smith put in more effort, more physicality in that series, drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Okay. Um, whatever. I just – I think some of uh, the lack of Taylor Hall's stats also has to do with David Krejci. That's all I'm telling you. You're a former I, MVP was, number one was, overall was, pick. Make your own stats. Be, okay? Was, the, the amount of shit I've given Pasternak on this podcast, at least he can kind of make a little bit of a stop – make a little bit of open space for himself. I'm just saying it was it was always, oh, you're going to have Krejci and Hall now, Krejci and Hall. If you're not going to go after both of them, then I think the argument is pointless. No, I'm still going after Taylor Hall. Because what, Taylor Hall needs a crutch now everywhere he goes? That's going to be the excuse now. Well, uh, apparently David Krejci is this, this rem- uh, remarkable playmaker. I didn't see much of that against the Islanders. It's because the Islanders have good defense. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't disagree with that. Maybe they, shut, maybe they did what they had to do to shut down Hall. Hall's a bigger body, and he can create space for himself. I, I just I don't see how you can be happy with Taylor Hall. Okay. I, what I'll kind of a contract? That. Okay. What kind of a contract would you give him this offseason now? I would give him three years at four and a half, maybe Dude, five. wait a second. You're the guy that wasn't even happy getting Taylor Hall, and you're the guy that was even predicting that the lull was going to be coming with him. Yeah, and I've changed my mind. Oh, it's, my God. Well, in my opinion. Dude, oh my who, God, who else, dude! Who You're probably wearing a black and gold freaking speedo right now. Who else is going to play on your second line? Jake That's DeBrus? not the argument we're Jake, having. Oh yeah, well, I kind of want Taylor Hall back here. Did he have a great? Okay, like you said, he finished the end of the regular season pretty well, pretty good in that Washington series. He's not going to be perfect the entire time he's here. He had he had some some uh some lapses where he wasn't playing that great. I get that, but I don't. I don't think every game of that Islanders series he was he was a complete ghost. I know I noticed him several times during those games. Now he didn't put the puck in the net. Doesn't mean he wasn't shooting. You just dude, you just literally made my argument. Okay, first of all, the only the funniest thing I saw in that series was him pick a fight, get his ass beat, and try to cover his face and lose. But you just nailed it. He had a great end of the regular season, showed up for the first round. The second round was a non factor. Dude, do you not realize from the regular season to round one to round two, it gets harder every step of the way. And what does he do? I did. I had my guy type of mentality, and that's it. He's not going to step up for you. Okay. I just 
I'll go back to it again. I, I really don't think he, he wasn't – I really don't think he was as bad as you're letting him on to be. Well, I have higher expectations then. I don't like my – I don't like my prized possession that I basically stole from Buffalo and was told by everybody he's going to be the big reason why the Bruins go deep. I don't like getting bounced in the second round because of guys like that who play that European style. When the checks stop coming, I stop producing. Okay, but just and look and look. If the Bruins can swing it where they can yep. get crazy, and guess what? And, and what? guess what? The checks stopped coming. David Krejci wasn't there. Yep, yep, absolutely. But he has done it before. At least he has a track record of doing it in the playoffs before. You don't yeah, have what? Krejci in eleven. You're not winning it. Yeah, 2011. He did that. that. Was ten years ago. I don't give a shit about that now. I want, let, I want to see what he does. Dude, now. I don't give a shit that Taylor Hall was a overall pick and an MVP in 2017. <laughs> I like how we're getting mad. No, because it's stupid. At least Krejci gives me something. I've seen it from Krejci. I've seen what Krejci's given us. Okay, we saw what Hall gave us in the first series. And why didn't he carry it over? Because I don't think Krejci was playing that well either. Oh, my God. So now a guy who has made $8 million this year was an MVP in this league. I had to get told by so many effing people, he's the reason why. It's he needs a crutch. Like I, I just you're making my argument for me. And it's I'm, pissing I'm, me I'm, off. I'm just telling you because because when he got traded here, it was okay. We finally have a winger on the second line. And then we got to the second round of the playoffs, and him and Krejci didn't mesh. I don't put that all on Taylor Hall. I just don't. So, uh, let me see. Sorry, Twitter pops up. Yeah, I just don't get the whole thing with Taylor Hall and look if the Bruins can bring back him and Krejci at reasonable deals you do it absolutely but now I think you got to be a little bit more leery of what Taylor Hall brings he's not going to step up for you he's not going to however if they're asking for stupid money I don't but if, if they're asking for it then yeah I say oh you know what thanks for your services we're looking to rebuild but you know what though if they let Taylor Hall walk if they let Tuka Rask walk and if they let um a, a David Krejci walk all three of them my opinion, Anthony. My opinion. I think it's time to blow the whole thing up. If you're just, if we're just gonna walk away from all three, that whole core. My opinion. You might as well just blow it up. You know, you have your. I think, I think you have your uh, franchise defenseman in McAvoy. Your defense sucks. It's not gonna get. I think the defense is so bad right now that next season it won't even matter. It won't even matter if you have if you have David. Kirk- and that first line again, and they're all clicking because the third and fourth line was were absolute ghosts in that playoffs. The defense, other than McAvoy, absolutely sucked. Grizzlick sucked. I thought Carlos sucked when he played in the Islanders series. Uh, Lausanne and Tenorti, I, I didn't, I, I didn't expect much out of them in the first place, but they gave you nothing as far as depth goes. I just think, I think if you're gonna let some of these guys go who are part of your core, you might as well just blow it all up, start selling some of these guys off while they still have some value to them and just and start fresh because McAvoy's only 22 now um question speaking of, speaking of the Islanders series do you think the Bruins miss Char against the Islanders um I think that's kind of a weird question because yes and no but because I, I still think they made the right call on not bringing him back so I think it was uh, right call on bringing him back I guess because he didn't want to be like a back end somewhat scratch guy. But, man, you know, I mentioned earlier, Bovillier, Barzal, they created a lot of the offense down low or in the corners behind the net. And don't you think Char with the size, that long reach of the stick could have broken up a lot of those plays? No. Too slow at this point. I know, but he could have at least prevented them with, with, the, with the poke checks. Okay, if you're asking me whether I'd rather have Chara out there over Lausanne or Tenorti, it's an absolute yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I, Lausanne's just a freaking loser. Like, I, I said in the Capitals series, like, what is what is that kid out there even doing? You know, like, he's just some kid that, like, wants to be with the cool kids, you know? At least uh, yeah. Tenorti. At least Tenorti's a little bit of a physical presence out there. See, I just thought, I just thought, if, if Chara was, if Chara was going to be your, you know, your, even your seventh or eighth defenseman, I still would have preferred him at his current state. Right. Than, the, than either of these two got either of these two depth guys that was as as if it was being shoved down our throat that that you know oh they got they got Lausanne they got to those are guys who can step in and play no they can't no they can't we saw that they can't play those guys cannot play in the playoffs yeah I mean I don't know 
I, I actually don't mind Tenorti back there. Yeah, it's almost like a poor man's Adam McQuaid, but it is what it is. Oh. What? You diss, you diss me. No, I was giving you a compliment. I, I, I'd take McQuaid over Tenorti. Yeah. I would. Until he gets a, until he gets a finger injury tying his skates. <laughs> McQuaid always got hurt. The only thing I don't give grief for is blocking a shot and getting hurt because it's like you really can't control that. And he also had blood clots too, so I, I can't hang that on him. It's just a free thing, dude. Fuck blocking shots, by the way. Um, so I asked you that question. Let's see here. How about Tory Krug? No, because I think the Bruins can score from the back end without him. Yeah, okay. I was just gonna say because I, I, I was gonna say if if you're if you're if you resign Tory Krug, I think that whole tail hall deal goes out the window. So I no, I mean it, it's like. It's kind of like in Moneyball when Jonah Hill tells Brad Pitt, like, I think your team's better by letting Johnny Damon walk. I think the Bruins are better letting Tory Krug walk. I mean, for Christ's sake, putting – who's your first power play? You put Krejci on the point with McAvoy or what? You know, I don't – I don't. I was never a Tory Krug guy. I think in 2013 he got pushed around in the cup finals, and I thought right there was all you needed to know, but whatever. Uh, so I just want – so I want to mention this real, real quick. I just something that really pissed me off in Game Six was that um, at the very, very end of the first period, you knew you knew the Islanders were going to fire a shot on net as time expired, right? Yep. Kyle Palmieri, he's he's about at the hash mark, maybe at the top of the circle. There's about two seconds left. He just turns around and shoots the puck. It hits the crossbar. Rast didn't even see it. Rask, oh. Rask didn't even – he went down as if the shot was going to be at a pad – as a pad save. It pisses me off how much that guy – like, I know people say, oh, he's always in position. He's always in position. Well, I would argue the guy goes down every single time. So if you're not shooting up high, then what the hell are you doing? And yeah. I thought Palmieri on that play was spectacular because Rask didn't expect it. I don't even think Rask saw it coming. It, that thing hit – if, if Palmieri had scored – in that last second to go into intermission up two one, I, I think I would have drove to that. I think I would have drove to Long Island and beat the shit out of Tuka myself. <laughs> Puck uh, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, I got um, me. All right, so we talked about the goalie situation. Here's my one of my questions. I had two. I thought pretty good questions. You know, what, let's go. Let's go with the core one first. Okay. And you kind of stole from me, and this is why I said earlier, we don't exchange notes. We just exchange headlines. But this one I did not give to you. Can we start to kind of question this Bruins core, especially when it comes to the playoffs? Okay. Yeah, they won the Cup in 2011. They made it in 13, which I'll add was not a full season. Should have given you more. And in 2019, they had the easiest path. They had the Columbus Blue Jackets do their dirty work for them. Other than that, they've never made it past the second round. Yep. Okay, look at this. What do you want me to start? Okay, and do you want me to start in 2012 when it was more Bergeron, Marchand together? You want me to go back a little ways before that when Chara was here? Either I way, think, I, know, I, let's I, go. I, yeah, I'll go 2012. Let's Thank keep it you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2012, heavy, heavy favorites over the Capitals. Rookie goaltender coming in. Seven round, seven game playoff loss. 2013 again. They go to the Stanley Cup Finals in non-full season. They lose the Cup. Marshan was that the year he he had like zeros across the board? Like that yeah. In the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, obviously, they had to come back against Toronto. 2014, President's Trophy winning team. Heavy favorites against the Blue Blanc and Rouge. My Canadian, second round. Game seven loss. 2015, they missed the playoffs, right? 2015? Yeah. I think that was the year Tuka shit himself. No, that was 16. That, that was the winning class. All right, so yeah, because they missed it two years in a row. So 15 and 16, yeah, they missed the playoffs. Okay? 2017, back in the playoffs against an Ottawa team that, if oh. you want to call it even, okay? The Hamburglar. Yeah, the ha- first round playoff exit. Yeah, and where was Rask on that last goal Ottawa scored? Oh, yeah, he was like somewhere in row three. 
<laughs> he looked, dude. He was nowhere near the net. He was no freaking way near the net when they scored that. Oh, I can't. I can't. That remember. was the overtime. Clark MacArthur, right? Yes, exactly. Yes, he was nowhere to be found. Twenty eighteen. Same thing. They go and get the big winger to help Krejci in the playoffs. And Rick Nash. Fuck. Game five. Out. Second round. Tampa Bay Lightning. Get, now in 19, yes, they make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Again, they had the easiest path. Okay? You you beat Toronto, who you shouldn't even went seven with. Not their fault. You had Columbus, who was on such a high after beating Tampa. They literally just didn't give a shit. And they had players who were ready to leave there. And Duchesne, Panarin, Bobrovsky. Um, and then Carolina, who, I mean, Jesus, Mikey. Floor hockey, we had better goaltending than that. Okay? With Terrence, maybe. Yeah, Terrence. And then this year, or excuse me, last season. Terrence. Out in the second round. You know, we gave a lot of shit to the Capitals. And Ovechkin, they, he can never make it. But he made it one Stanley Cup, but... I know the Bruins have made it to two other cups besides eleven. When do when does the Heat get turned up on Bergeron, Marchand, uh, now Pasternak, and and I know they had a good playoff run this year. They really did that first line. So it's awkward timing to bring it up, but you know, is there something in that in that dirty water in Boston that? Uh, yeah, kid, there's some choke fest going there. I was just gonna say they're they're a little choky, and now granted, they usually make the playoffs. They usually win you around. But like you said, they're a little choky. The Bruins have no business winning just one cup in the last decade. You had the 20. Once they won in 2011, you thought this team was good for maybe two more with the, I think with that core. Because you had, after 2011, you had Tuka Rask going to be the full-time starter. Things were looking good then. And it's just, this team should have given you more or one more over the last decade. I'm not going to really give them shit about, I'm not going to really give them shit about I think, I think the Blackhawks were just absolutely filthy that year. Even if you even if you hung on in game six there, I wasn't too confident about you going to Chicago and winning game seven. Puck, I think it was I think it was pretty evident you wouldn't have had Bergeron for that game either. But I think that was the thing, yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, they should have given you more, and you're absolutely in the right to kind of question this kind of core for the Bruins because I said I said it a little while ago. If you're gonna move on from some of these guys, you got to start looking at the other guys too. And 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 it's like I don't want to I don't want to trade them because I think they suck. It's if you're moving on and you're in this stage where you know you kind of have to build on the fly. Well, then if I I think you might sell off a Bergeron. I think you might sell off a, a Marchand here or there. I think something's gonna happen because because there is there is no way that this team can afford to lose Marchand and lose Bergeron in the future. And just like. And just pick it up because they have they have they can't draft for shit. They they completely whiff. I forget what year it was where they had three picks in a row. They completely 15. whiffed on that one. DeBrusque had a, had an awful playoffs. You know you know I forget who else they took. Sanishin maybe they took in that draft. With so they took DeBrusque, Zuboro, Sanishin, 13, 14, and fifteen. Later in that first round, the Islanders took Barzal, Bovillier. It's just like maybe you deal one or two of these guys if it's gonna give you you know a hefty return that you can build off for your future. Because I feel like at this point, it's it it's not looking too good. Because, I mean, obviously you have that first line, but then, okay, if Krejci and Hall aren't meshing, well then throw that second line out the window. The third and fourth line were absolutely ghosts. I just think you absolutely have to start thinking about maybe selling off a Bergeron or Martian. If, if you decide to move on from, you know, the whole Rast thing, the Krejci thing, that whole thing. I, I Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's... You have nobody in your system. They're in like an awkward time, right? I mean, do they continue the way they're going? Give it maybe one more run or do like the old Bill Belichick. Get rid of him a year early before a year too late and try I like to rebuild that. it. I like that. And you know what else is a, is, is a huge damper on Don Sweeney and that whole and that whole like the whole management is the fact that your first round selection, Jake Zaborl, couldn't even get out there and play over 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 a Tenorti or a Lozon. That pissed me off. That really pissed me off. Yeah. I mean, I think Sweeney's a little bit overrated, but that's just I me. I do, too. I, oh, believe me, I do, too. I liked, I liked the signing when he came here. I still like him a lot more than Shirelli. But it doesn't mean he hasn't made some bad deals. What was that? I said, I, said, I still like him miles ahead of Shirelli, but that doesn't mean he hasn't made a mistake here or there. Yeah, no, I mean... Especially drafting. 
Drafting, well, yeah, that's been tough. But even like, you know, like I said, they basically got Taylor Hall for nothing. Yeah. Now, who do you credit there? Do you credit Sweeney for that? Or do you say no, like... No, absolutely not. This Buffalo GM that. had no idea what he was doing. Like, I still cannot believe you traded in division like that, a rival, a top player, and you didn't even get a first-round pick well, back. It's be- like, well, I, th- I think it has the whole thing to do with... I think he had he has a no-trade he had a no trade clause, right, Taylor Hall? Yes. So, so he could dictate wherever he went. And, you know, if he wanted to come to Boston in the first place, I'm not going to give Sweeney... Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's, I'm just trying to play uh, devil's advocate. Be no, a little I know, fair. I know. I I know what you're doing. All right. All right. I like it. Okay. Fine. By the way, with this whole like MLB cheating stuff going on with the pitchers oh, and the tackiness, dude. I freaking love it, dude. This is what baseball needed. Da, uh, Dan Shaughnessy is a riot on Twitter. Oh, I but love Dan Shaughnessy. I, he, I like how that guy gets on the people's skin. I really. Oh love man, him. it's awesome. Shaughnessy he's just got awesome. a couple tweets you should go read. But Shaughnessy's great. Anyway, I'm not saying to trade Bergeron to Marchand now. I'm saying now you need to have the conversation of what are we going to do. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fair enough. My other question is, and we've gone a lot of Bruins here, which I love. I love talking hockey. And it's kind of a little conspiracy thing, and I know it makes me look like a hypocrite because I've always said you can't get on Tuca for leaving last year out of the bubble for his family. I did. Okay. I, of course you did. <laughs> But here's my question, and I kind of thought about this after I heard the kind of injury he had. Because if it's a hip injury, like, what is he even going in the net for? Like, you can't move side to side. You can't make those saves like normal. Play golf, though. <laughs> it's all in the hips. Do you think the Bruins knew Rask was this injured? And do you, do you think the Bruins are like, no, play through it. You can fight through the pain as, like, an FU for leaving us last year on the bubble. Like, you made us look bad last year. Now we're going to do it to you. See, I, I, I think Rask went to the team uh, uh, that morning was like, I can give it a shot today. I can go. Because I think in the back of his mind, he definitely knows people were going to absolutely get on him if he didn't go out there and play. So that's what I think happened. And now I think, I think it's on the Bruins, like you said earlier, for not having the stones, like Cassidy, not having the stones to go out there and say, no, you're going to sit this one out. If you're right for game seven, maybe. But if if Swayman, if Swayman goes out there and, and they win, then, you know, see you, Tuka. It was nice knowing you. No, I just – there was something that popped in my mind because I was like, how can you expect a goalie to bail you out of a game in a series with that kind of injury? But I don't know. You have conspiracy theories, so do I. So, whatever. Mikey, let's jump over to the rest of the NHL now. The final four is set. Okay, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning – a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. It's the Lightning and the New York Islanders against the Vegas Golden Knights and my Montreal Canadiens. Let's go. Go Habs, go. Dude, such an annoying goal horn, but it's so great when we get yeah, the bell sounded rocking. What? So try hearing it in person as a Bruins fan, and you're sitting there like, oh, fuck. Why? Are you a hockey fan? <laughs> yeah, I heard that from a 70-year-old dude. Uh, so Mikey, what is what is your uh, Stanley Cup Finals prediction out of the four? Vegas, Tampa. Dude, you're such a like prick. You would take the top two teams. I'm well. Hey, before the season, I said you know Tampa and Colorado. Now, okay. were they the two top teams before the season? Probably, but you know, in the NHL, I always I always say it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Just make the playoffs. Because absolutely, exactly. So. Now I'm so I'm still sticking with my uh, Tampa pick from I think January or December, but like I said, the team that beat the team I thought was going to the cup to win it is now out. So I'm gonna now pick the team that beat the team I thought I, I thought was gonna uh, win it in Vegas. Okay. And I think, look, I think I think I just think Vegas is so much of a mismatch. All right, all right. Uh, I'm sticking with my preseason prediction. I had what the hell was that? Did you just like sneeze? No. I took, I had Montreal and the Islanders in the cup finals, and I'm going to stick with it because I will walk around with the biggest eggplant emoji if that happens. But uh, one thing I do (laughs) want to say regarding the rest of the NHL, Dougie Hamilton just is the biggest wine bag, okay? I'm so sick of people complaining about the lightning, quote unquote, manipulating the salary cap. Oh, I would have done it too. Because the whole thing is they didn't have Kucherov all season because of an injury. 
So his money comes off the books because he's on long-term injured reserve. Yeah, throw that in quotes. Injured. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like the last couple of weeks he wasn't totally injured. But they get in the playoffs. Once you get in the playoffs, salary cap is off, like in a video game, and you can bring him back. People complaining that the Lightning are $18 million over the cap. The Dougie Hamilton comment where he said we lost to a team, $18 million over the cap, just reeks of loser to me. Absolutely. Like, dude, why should Tampa Bay be punished? Because First of all, the fact that they went with their top guy, maybe their second best player, out the entire season. Exactly. And still, and still made the playoffs this good. Exactly. Why do we got to punish them for that? They're sacrificing on one end because they have an injury. Two, we're going to punish the team because they know how to draft well? That's ridiculous to me. If this was Boston and they went all regular season without Marchand and made the playoffs this well and they were drafting great, Bruins fans would be like, see, uh, we know what we're doing here. The rest of the league is stupid. That's we why I well. have no problem with it Dude, whatsoever. I think this is great for the league. It encourages teams to harp more on the drafting. That's how you build your teams. Draft well, play great. Kudos for Tampa. I just wanted to get that little rant off my chest. No, yeah, I, I completely agree with that because it's like, hey, if the Bruins can figure out a way to do that too, I want them to do it. As a Patriots fan in the last, I don't know, 25 years, I've seen them kind of push the boundaries here and there. So I, I have no problem with that. I have The fact that you're still good enough to be that good and make the playoffs at that seed without one of your top, play, top two forwards, oh, that's remarkable. That is absolutely remarkable. You know what? Shame on Dougie Hamilton for that comment because you know what? It's just like, it's like, dude, they had chances. They had chances to win some games in that series. Now I think I think Tampa was obviously, obviously, way too much of a problem for them. But it's like, oh, shut up, Dougie. If you were injured the whole year and Carolina figured out a way to do it, you'd be okay with it too. So just shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth. Like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm so glad he's not a Bruin anymore. I'm so glad that you know it's that all those reports came out of that like he didn't really get along with the team. Get out of here, Dougie. Go. That is the perfect spot for Dougie Hamilton. The Carolina Hurricanes. That well, they just don't give a shit. Exactly. You don't give a shit. There's no pressure on you whatsoever. You can just go out there, say what you want, do what you want, nothing's going to happen. Because they don't give a... I mean, like, I know you feel differently, but in my opinion, they don't give a shit about hockey down there. No, they don't. Just because the barn's packed doesn't mean they're big hockey fans. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, face it, what the hell else is there to do in, Car- in the Carolinas? I mean, there's some good beaches down there, but, you know... Like... Yeah, Outer Banks. Paradise on Earth. Myrtle Beach. Hey, Outer Banks, I think it's July 30th. Hunt for the Gold is back on, baby. I'll be watching every episode again. Uh, Mikey, you had a thought on NFL QBs? Well, it's just mostly, well, mainly the Patriots. And it's just like the whole Cam Newton thing with his whole finger or hand, which, you know, I think, you know, I just think you have four QBs, right? You have four QBs. The one QB who runs the offense differently than the other three is out. Move on. Just move on, okay? If Cam's not right, you can't go with him. You cannot go with Cam Newton if he's not right. And, and it's like, I feel like the Patriots are at that point right now where they're like, well, shit, are we going to be an offense that throws the ball and can throw the ball, or are we going to be a Cam Newton that can just run the ball and throw the ball on third down when we have to? Be totally predictable. It's, it's, it, it's getting to be kind of ridiculous because it's like, so, so you have four quarterbacks here, and, only, and, and three of the four, are capable of running the offense a certain way. The only only one of them isn't the the one guy who Bill Belichick has a ra- oh, raging eggplant emoji for in Cam Newton. It just it mind boggles me that a guy of Belichick's stature is going to go out there and put his team in that kind of position where it's okay. There's four quarterbacks and only one of them can screw this whole thing up the way we want to run it. Because you know what? It's it. It just looks like a mess. The fact that they brought Hoyer in here, I think, you know, if people want to go out there and say and get on Jarrett Stidham, in my opinion on Jarrett Stidham, we don't know enough whether this guy is good or whether or not he sucks. I'm not going to go out there and say the guy sucks. Now, has he ha- has he had flashes in the, in, the, uh, in the NFL where he's thrown the ball? Yeah, he had a couple. I think he had a touchdown pass in Kansas City that game uh, uh, last year. I thought Stidham looked okay. There's also instances where I think Stedham didn't look okay, but I think it's way. I think I think people who tell you he's good or he sucks really don't know because I don't think anyone could know what Jared Stedham is just yet because everyone says, "Oh, well, he couldn't beat out Cam Newton." My opinion, I don't think Belichick even gave a shit if Jared Stedham was better than Cam Newton. I think he was going with Cam Newton no matter what. So, 
As far as Jared, as far as Jared Stidham goes, I don't know. The fact that Hoyer is now here just makes me believe that I, 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 I think Belichick is sort of you know leaning away from Cam Newton a little bit. Otherwise, why the hell would he be here? I hope so. I mean, I don't want to watch another season of pathetic football like that on the offensive side. But I'll we'll take Mac. Jones. It does. It does scream a little fishy about the whole injury thing, but whatever. Nonetheless. Yeah. Um, all right, Mikey. And I saw a report. There was a fight last week. Was it Logan Paul against Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather? Tell the tape. Okay, yeah. It went the distance. And the rule was, uh, the, I, I don't know if it was in the contracts or whatever, but if it went the distance, it was not going to be awarded a winner. Um, so basically, if you bought the fight, you're an idiot. And I saw it had over 1 million pay-per-view buys. Stupid. Like, Dude, I saw a couple clips on like YouTube and Twitter. Did they even exchange any punches? I know in the fourth round they had one little back and forth, and it looked like Mayweather knocked out Paul, but he just held him up to keep the fight going. I This thing was a fix from the beginning. I'm glad I didn't waste my money and time watching it. It's like, dude, they both got paid to go the distance and make it look cool, and I just think it looks bad for boxing. It's, yeah, it's 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 the new WWE. This is why people got out of boxing in the first place for this exact reason. This is why boxing fell apart in the first place. Now, oh my, it's, it's like okay, I'm gonna do a giant lottery. Whoever wins gets to fight this next guy. It's like it, it's a circus. It's an absolute circus with boxing now. It's a, it's a waste, like you said, a waste of time. I don't care who's fighting anymore. I'm not gonna like. Dude, never mind, pay for it. I'm not even going to watch it. I had zero right. interest in watching any of that fight. Zero. Yeah, it's it's stupid. Like, oh, yeah, they're making the pre-fight. a pre-fight. We have the pre-fight antics. I'm going to steal your hat. <laughs> I'm going to steal your hat. Yeah, happen. exactly. Exa- and like, look, Mayweather can be whatever his record is, something in zero. 50? He's he's not the greatest, but he and he, I don't think he has that killer instinct in him, but He's yeah, it was a load of shit. It's making a mockery of the sport now because now you're going to get another YouTube or TikTok guy being like, oh, I can fight this guy. Yeah, Even let me Chad get out Johnson. there. Even Chad Ojocinco, got, he was on that card too, and he fought. Like, when are we – like, do we not understand how much of a sport and an art boxing really is? Like, this isn't like a cool, man, let's get into a fight. Thing. These guys can strike to fucking knock you out when they want to. Like, I, I just don't understand, like, yeah, man, I'm going to get paid this money to box this professional guy. Like, when do we realize how hard these guys can hit? The snap on their punches and the way they can does not sound fun to me. Yeah, and that's I mean, dude, I hope to God I go viral someday so I can get knocked the F out and just get 100 million bucks. Like, I want to be that next guy who fights Floyd Mayweather. Floyd, if you're listening. Well, I don't think he'd know how to pull up it on the app. You have to learn how to read first. But But anyway, Mikey. You can't even uh, read. Nah, nah, he's just just joking. Who? Floyd. It it was the Big Daddy reference. He's he's just joking around. Oh. oh, oh. (laughs) I can't even read. I can't believe I missed that. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. He's just joking around. Um, let me see. That turkey is freaking huge. I just, what? There's a wild turkey behind me. Oh, uh, anyway, we'll take that a couple of different ways. I just had a thought too. Oh, the only way I will ever pay to watch one of these Paul brothers fight in boxing is if it's against Mike Tyson, dude. That's the only way like that. I told you last episode that Tyson documentary is pretty cool, but like, I want a guy that's going to go in that ring and look to legitimately punch through somebody. And Mayweather's not that guy. Give me one of the Paul brothers against Tyson, then I'm in. See, I don't know. I don't know if Tyson if Tyson would do that because I've seen I've seen Mike Tyson on podcasts with these two, and it's like I feel like there isn't really like a uh, like a hatred element or like a I want to knock you the f out element. I think it's more of like let's let's just go make our money. <laughs> I don't know. Watch the documentary. Maybe I'll be wrong, but we'll see. Mikey, long episode, buddy, for us. Take it home. Today's episode, today's long-ass episode, was brought to you by Dan Latelier and his team at Remax Realty One. Dan is your man when it comes to your buying and selling home needs, serving all of York and Cumberland County in the great state of Maine. Dan can be reached at 
207-590-1776. Again, that's 207-590-1776. Or, Anthony, by email at danletellier at remax.net. So give your man Dan a shout. Nicely said. Dan is our man. Dan's a good fellow right there. Um, good fellow. Yeah. I'm going to go. By the way, speaking of that, two days ago, it was Jan, uh, June 11th. You know what happened June 11th and I think 1970? Oh, Billy Bats? Go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sending me that. I would have forgot. Oh, that. I love how that movie sets up where they open with that scene, basically. Oh, yeah. When they're driving the car. Yeah. All right, Mikey. Until next episode, buddy. All right. Take care, kid. Peace.